Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with Soso. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins come home to get 3-0 after a record-breaking game. The Martins are still fighting to the very end of the season for their wildcard spot. The Hurricanes show that they can play well on the road and get a big victory at Temple. And Inter-Miami takes away a point from Orlando FC. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! Back, we back in the building. Well, we're not in the building, separate buildings, but we're together. We're together here. We're, this we are platform. each in respective buildings, structures facts. of sorts. Facts, Real, straight facts. How you living, my bro? I'm good, dog. I'm good. I can't complain. You know, if I did, it wouldn't matter because nobody would care. Yeah, I mean, some people would care, but not the <laughs> important people, right? That's right. What's going uh, on, my boy? I'm feeling good, man. We're coming off a big victory. Uh, over the weekend, we saw mm. the Canes handle business, the Marlins taking care of their business too. Like South Florida sports right now is on fire, dog. And, and of course, we got to start off with mentioning OnlyFans. If you guys haven't subscribed to the Sports with Social YouTube channel, OnlyFans is worth it in itself. We recap every single Dolphins game week in, week out. We got the homeboy, Tuna Martin, joining us every week, and Rax. Shout out to them, boys, as along with Joel and I. And we break down the game, man. And this game was a great game to break down, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely had fun with this one, bro. Yeah. 70. I mean, I know 50 is a burger. I don't know what 70 is, dog. It's I, Shannon. Mean, I guess that's nuggets on the side, right? Like a 10 piece that, of nuggets. That's what Shannon said. Price. He said a 50 piece and an extra 20 on the side. Hold that. Yeah. Hold that there. Hold that Sheesh. there. Well, shit, let's jump straight into it, man. The Dolphins improved to 3 and 0. Um, you know, we mentioned the score 70 to 20. They beat the Denver Broncos at home for their season opener. Beat and the brakes off the boys. We did, dog, but like for, for us coming into that game, right? Like it was it was uh not necessarily a measuring stick, but we wanted to see what type of fight they would come out with, right? And and how much energy would they have after two road games to start the season. These dudes responded in an excellent way. You know, they they literally go down there, score on the first drive. And after that, it was just a touchdown fest. Um, I, like I said earlier, we did a great job of breaking it down on OnlyFans. But like, what were your some of uh, what were some of the main takeaways that you took away from this game? I mean, three. Let's let's you know. Usually, it's in threes that we can uh, we can remember things, right? So let, let's right. think of three things that are three takeaways here. Number one, the offense is firing on all cylinders. Yes, sir. I mean, as far as the execution of the play calls. Uh, they're, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. We've seen it through three games already be very consistent. Um, the new England game, you know, was probably the, the, the toughest so far of the three, you know, they kind of, I mean, even still, we had a great first half and they kind of came back a little bit on us and we were still able to close out, but yeah. offense has been firing on all cylinders. Um, with that, I mean, the guy calling the plays McDaniels, you know what I mean? McDaniels is on point right now. He's, he's doing yeah. thing couple of uh, questionable, you know, fourth down calls, you know, some that has gone his way, a couple that haven't gone his way. But all in all, I mean, you got to love the, you know, the assortment of play calling that we're getting from the guy. And then the is that the defense, man, the defense, you know, is is doing the thing. You know, we're, we're piecing it together where last year we were getting it beat every other play, by, you know, in the secondary and stuff like that. We, you know, through three games, we've been able to contain some of these guys. And granted, 
I know that the, the Patriots don't got a whole lot, you know, uh, and I know that the Broncos, you know, aside from Portland side, nothing. They don't really got a whole lot going on either. Um, but week one against the Chargers, you know, we we saw, you know, um, that was the, the the first week of the season, and we saw what happens when you know we're fresh and we don't know what's going on, and you know, there's room for error there, and they can put up points. But we've tightened up ever since then, you know. Absolutely, so, and, and and I, I gotta I gotta you know double down on what you said earlier like the Patriots game was definitely our toughest game when you look at these three games right we're, we're not going to talk about Buffalo just yet and, and what potential that has to be a tough game but when you look at what the Patriots took away from us right as far as the offense is concerned um yeah that was definitely our toughest matchup and we still found ways to be creative to to put the ball in in our playmakers hand and put up the points continuously right to win that game well, what we saw this past Sunday was Denver pretty much being a punching bag. They didn't really offer. I, I get it. They had some two players missing key positions, but they didn't really offer anything to stop us. And for for as much as, you know, we know that a lot of this season depends on Tua and his ability to play well week in, week out, right? Like, this was probably his easiest game ever. And and it was that because of the running uh I don't know what it wasn't even a game. Like it was like a rushing freaking waterfall that that happened in that game. Like it was you know, a frenzy, bro. We it had was a frenzy, an anomaly game, honestly, bro. Yeah, I, I'm man. totally with you. Obviously, you got to be ecstatic. I mean, this is record breaking for the Finns, bro. And in the right. time that we've been doing the show and and the time that we've been fans of this team, we've never seen anything like this. You know, we've been through the ups and downs. We were we've been through the Ricky Williams. We've been through the Ronnie Brown. We've been through the Tannehill phase. We've been through the Jay Ajayi. You know, uh, we we we've been through a lot, dog. The the Lamar Millers. You know, we yeah, we've been bro. through a lot, and we really haven't really gotten the results that we wanted ever. You know, we've had flashes here and there. You know, the Miami Miracle. You know, against the Patriots and stuff like that. There's always a couple couple little things, but nothing as impressive as this 2023 Dolphins unit right now. No, for sure, it's definitely impressive. And, and when we talk about impressive, you know, we also got to mention the O-line. Those those guys, man, those guys have really stepped it up. And that was one of the main things that we we really criticized about the front office and, and all of that, right? Because it was like, yo, how do you not address this position of need? Because we didn't have necessarily, you know, a, 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 a lock-in starter in the offensive line minus T Armstead, right? Like everybody else was up and down. This guy's playing right tackle. And now this week he's playing left guard. And it was like, it was just a jumble, right? Now we see these guys locked into their positions, comfortable in the position, getting repetitive starts in their position. And it started in a preseason. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor paying off because this offense is really keeping tool exactly how we need them. One and sack, not knocked down, clean as Jersey. And it's been, you know, phenomenal so far. We didn't have Armstead the first two games. This was his first game back, and we put him right. 70. So, right. you know, that that's a good sign. But we have our real – we got we to gotta face it. We have our first real test of this season this Sunday against the Bills, who sure. are known to bring the blitz. McDermott's a defensive-minded coach. You know he's going to scheme up some shit to try to get the two and do what the other three teams that we face have not done yet. And we got to be ready for that. The offensive yeah. line needs to go to war for Tua, bro. No, and we need, need to stick what has been working for us, right? Let's continue to pound the rock. We've seen in these three first games, um, as we mentioned on OnlyFans, we start the game with a running play, kind of letting the other team know, like, hey, we're not going to abandon this shit like we did last year. 
We're going to keep putting the ball in the running back's hand because we believe these guys can find the room to make plays. And we saw that. Moster, four touchdowns. A chain, four touchdowns. Like, uh, hold on. A, a chan. A, How is a it chan. now? A chan. Right. Not A chain. A chan. A chan. Devon A chan. Devon A chan. You know, it, putting up just like you said, an anomaly when it comes to the production, but just the fact that they got carries. Right, that they were able to continue to push the rock and the offensive line continue to push the defensive line back. That's the, t- the, the type of stuff that we're going to need to see against this game in this upcoming game against Buffalo. Um, you know, and, and, and that's why I kind of want to warn my fellow Finn fans like, we can't get too caught up in this in the hype of this game that just happened. That's right. right. Like, that's right. Today, like, it feels good. It's, it's awesome, but it happened already. Now we got to focus on the next game. Next game. Like, by the time you guys are seeing this, it's Tuesday. Like, great. We 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 went over all the stats, all the record-breaking stuff, super cool, all this, that, and the third. But now we know that we have a real test coming up on our hands. Buffalo is not going to mess around. Joel mentioned it earlier. Like, we know that the defense is going to be on par against our offense. So we're going to have to execute, continue to play clean football, um, and, and just try to play mistake-free football as possible against this team. Um, you know, you and I have been having private conversations when it comes to the AFC East, right? And what it's going to take to win it. I really do think that this means this game means a lot if we're going to win the division. If we give ourselves any hope of winning the division, it starts with this game because we have to win this game. It would be our second division win before we even play the Jets, right? And now we possibly have a chance to sweep the rest of the AFC East games, right? Just by getting up ahead. I'd rather do be in that position than to say, well, we can kind of lose this game split and still win the division. I know that that's your stance on it. Well, I mean, shit, now you're, you're, you're spinning it in a way that like the media does, which I don't appreciate, first of all. Second of all, um, I, this game does have playoff implications. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Though, you know, the AFC East runs through Buffalo for the last couple of years. And, you know, we saw what happened last year when we met them, you know, we, without Tua, we almost had them, you know, and, and there's no doubt in my mind Tua healthy this Sunday. I mean, we got, we got our best shot that we've ever had against Buffalo. And, um, you know, I, it's not that I, I say, you know, if we go in there and we lose, it's okay. I think that if we split with Buffalo, we still have a shot at winning the division. Now that's right. not to say we're going to split the division and still have a shot, no, we got to sweep the Bills. I'm sorry. We got to sweep the Patriots and we got to sweep the Jets. Yeah. Both doable. We sweep yeah. both of those guys and we split with Buffalo. Now we're talking, okay, we can we can contend for the division title. But I, I think that this is going to be the toughest task, man. This is going to be a really interesting game. It's going to be a playoff kind of atmosphere up in Buffalo. I'm yeah. happy we're playing them now instead of in December, you know, when we're going to have to play them later on back here at home. Uh, that's going to have even more playoff implications. So I, I, I think this is the one that sets the tone, man. This really sets the tone. I hope the fans travel well for this game. Yes, sir. They we go up to will. Buffalo. They represent, you know, because that's that, that's what this team deserves. The way they're putting on shows right now, bro, they they deserve a traveling roadshow behind them. No, absolutely. And the Dolphins have always traveled well. So uh, this game is definitely going to be one of those high points of, of Dolphins on the road, right? Um, but I think that, yeah, you're right. This is gonna be this is gonna be what, what makes the division. We need to get to four wins in the division in order to win the division, or at least give ourselves a shot. We already saw the Bills lost to the Jets, so that door is open to sweep the Jets, sweep the Patriots. We're already halfway to that, right? Or a quarter of the way there. 
if if we can beat the Bills on Sunday, because they haven't looked in, like a juggernaut Bills teams that we faced before, right? Like this they're, week, they're still getting their feet better. under them. No, they looked a lot better, but they're still not the same Bills. Or, or, or maybe it's because we don't fear them that way or see them in that way because of how good the offense is playing right now, right? It's like we're, we're very confident in our ability to put up points. I'm sure they're they're confident in their ability to stop us, but uh, this is probably the the most confidence we've had heading into a Buffalo's Bill game in for sure recent history, especially um, at Buffalo on the road. Yeah, yeah we, we got two road wins already under our belt. We like you just said, we saw the Jets beat you guys. Yeah. Jets without Aaron Rodgers, like we we know. I mean, we don't have Sauce Gardner, but we do have an elite defense. We got a great D line that's comparable, if not, you know, just as good as the Jets D line. And we got DBs. We got Xavier Howard and crew. So I, you know, I think this is this game, the keys to this game. Let's talk about keys to winning this game, right? Talk about it. Number one is we got to protect Tua. With O-line, no, sure. that's, a, that's always a given. Did. That's always a given. O-line has to do what they've been doing consistently. We got to make sure that they're not getting to him and that he's getting the ball out of his arm quick enough so that that way there's no, there's no risk for an injury. The second thing that we got to do is we got to contain Josh Allen. Josh Allen runs a muck all over us whenever he, he plays us. That guy rushes. I don't, I don't know why, but he decides to hurdle over everybody on our, on our defensive line and get like 20, 30 yards every rush. It's, so we got to contain that guy. Protect Tua. Get him to get the ball out quick. Um, defensively, we got to contain Josh Allen. And the last thing is we got to get the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands. That's it. That's it. I think, get the I ball think in Tyreek's hands. I think the biggest thing for this game is going to be win the turnover battle. Don't don't lose a turnover battle, right? Because the, the, both defenses are good enough and, and have playmakers on both sides that a fumble, an extra fumble, an extra interception, an extra tip ball, like that can be, is going to be a difference maker, right? That's why I said sure. play as much as you can with mistake-free football. But we got to, if there is turnovers in the game, we got to win that battle, right? We saw Javon Holland have two forced fumbles. We need that type of effort from our guys. Uh, and as far as Josh Allen goes, I think the second most important thing is actually bringing him down. Not necessarily like stopping him from running out the pocket. He's been doing that this season a lot more than previous seasons because of how, I don't want to say struggling, but they haven't got off to the same rhythm as before. So he's scrambling a lot more. But what I'm saying is like when he's in the pocket and we get a chance to put hands on him and like hit and like, you know, hit him or whatever, let's bring him down. Let's not let this guy break a tackle, get away and scramble for three, four, five yards and get a first down or, or something like that. We have to make sure we bring him down. And then, uh, yeah, keep running the ball. Keep running the ball. Let's win the, the time of possession. Keep him on the bench, right? Um, give our guys Moster and, and a, chan, a, a chance to, to do their thing and, and build off this week's past performance, you know, and, 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 and try to win the game that way and take control of the division by getting a big, big victory up in Buffalo. I mean, uh, I we start we started separating ourselves at, with a victory in Buffalo. Buffalo, absolutely. like you just said, they're already on one in division play against the Jets. We are one and zero against the Patriots. Patriots are zero and one. The Jets they got their own problems. They're they're one and zero, but they, they got a lot more issues going on. So this absolutely. this will cr- start creating space of victory in Buffalo. There's a lot at stake, honestly, for this game. Yeah, yeah man, it's a big game. It's a big game, bro. Great. Uh, Fourth week of the season, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about, but yes, it, it's it's like that. It just it's like that. We've seen it time and time again. Four straight AFC games. Four straight AFC games. You got to continue to win games outside your division. 
prove that you're the real deal, prove that you're a real playoff contender. And like everybody's saying on the national media, a Super Bowl type looking team. So let's go out there and get the dub. Uh, this Sunday, one o'clock up in Buffalo. You know what's going to happen after the game. Only fans, baby. We're going to bring it to you. Myself, Joel, Rax, Martin. Going to bring you all that action, baby. Fins up. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, now let's jump into another team that's fighting for their lives. Literally. Right? That's the Marlins. Yeah, I see you rocking the Sugar King hat. And I'm rocking the Miami Golf Hey, bro. They, they're coming um, off a series win against Milwaukee, baby. We got that revenge. Yeah, man, and we needed it. We needed that that victory, bro, because believe it or not, like, if we don't get that series against Milwaukee, um, the season's over, right? Because we lost the previous season uh, series against the Mets. Didn't so really stupid. play well. It was just weird how we played in that series as a, as a whole, right? And we needed a bounce back, but that's exactly what the Martins have been doing this season, bro. They've been battling, um, showing that they can, you know, face adversity, get knocked down, pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and go out there and get a win. Because they lost that first game of the series against Milwaukee. I think it was 16-1. <laughs> and then Whoa. they fought back and, and won their second game. Um, you Milwaukee know, had a field day in the second inning of that game. Yeah, yeah. Like that, 12 runs. That shit but, was weird. The, you know, the concerning thing, though, so I'm ex- I'm happy. You know, we're still there's still a chance. We're still alive, right, which is what we're going to talk about now. But the concerning thing as a fan is, you know, we're in the midst of postseason already, you know. Yeah. The question is, are the are the Marlins, a, you know, a legitimate playoff contender? You know, can they can they get into the playoffs and can they not only once they're in it, you know, compete? Can they stay in it? Right? Can they advance and do something, not just be a first round knockout? Right. And after you beat the Braves, you sweep that series in a dominant fashion. You're thinking, all right, these guys are primed to make a little run right here. You know, they got the they got the Mets who are struggling this season. You know, they're going to go ahead and, and they're going to take this series and we get ready for Milwaukee. And instead, we fell flat on our face against a team that we should have beat. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's things like that. You know, I know we turn around and we beat Milwaukee, but it's like, man, you know, we would be in a much better position had we won that Mets series. And the fact that they did it, you know, raises my eyebrow. Like, are, are we really able to compete with some of these teams in the postseason? Well, Joel, what that shows you is just how young and inexperienced this team is as a whole, right? Like, yeah, we have veteran players, obviously, in key positions, but we also have a lot of young guys who are learning, right? And that, and probably haven't been on a necessary winning franchise that's battling for the playoffs and, and know what it takes to play in September, you know what I mean, or what these games mean. Yeah. Truth be told, we haven't had meaningful baseball in September in, like, what, 10 years some shit like that like let's be honest and and more than that like you and i are still talking about it and we're not necessarily the most biggest or most diehard marlins fans out there right but look how much it's kept us entertained and how much we we've gotten enjoyment from this from this season from the marlins dog i just think that we 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 kind of see the little rough patches of the diamond which excite us, and then it turns around and we see the ugly part of the diamond. It's like, ah, we still got to buff this baby out. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, it's a work in progress, but I, I just think it's it's amazing for this Marlins team to be where they're at. And, and, and me as the, the guy who was on the fence about the Marlins, now we're totally on being a hardcore Marlins fan and really believing in this team. Like, I ordered a Marlins fitted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't worn a fitted in forever. You know, like I, I bought Martin's merchandise this year when I said I wasn't going to, right? Like on this same podcast. So 
they've done a great job of really reinvesting the Marlins, you know, issues and, and putting them toward the forefront and putting their belief in this team. And the team has responded. Uh, I even got a new favorite pitcher slash reliever, bro, Andrew Nardi. This guy, this guy has been an amazing find for the Marlins. You know what I mean? He's eight and one on the season, two saves, has an ERA of six point uh, two point six two as a as a pitcher for the Marlins. Amazing. Where the hell do you find guys like this? Because it's not like this guy's a known name around you know the the MLB world. Like this is the type of stuff that the Marlins are doing. They have this guy locked in for the cheap for the next couple of years. Like these are the signs that you see is like, wow, we, we really are building something. Can they yeah. compete in the playoffs? There's only one way to find out. Make yeah. the playoffs. That's always, it's always good to have, you know, more firepower in, you know, as far as the pitchers go, especially at a time right now when we lost our yes, side young pitcher, Sandy was officially announced that he's done for the season, no yeah. longer going to pitch. So how do you feel about us moving forward? Granted, I know, I know he hasn't really had his best season this year, but I mean, you got to feel a little concerned, you know, not having our ace moving forward. Uh, I don't think concerned is the word I would choose. I would choose the word disappointment. That's the one disappointment that I have for this season. Mm. That that Sandy wasn't able to help this team compete and really solidify themselves in a wild card spot. Uh, like you mentioned, he hadn't been playing the best this year. hadn't been pitching the best this year, and that's okay. But if if Sandy would have given us 70% of what he was last year, 65% of what he was last year, there's no doubt in my mind that this division would be a lot closer, right? Um, we would probably be on top of the Phillies as far as, you know, second place in the division, maybe not that far off from Atlanta, but we would definitely be in a driver's seat comfortable, comfortably uh, well, with these six games to go and the season ending and the Marlins being more comfortable, locked into a wildcard spot. We're not right now. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with the inconsistency that we got from starting pitching early on in the season. A lot of that has to do with Sandy, where he would come in and give up four, six, eight runs, giving up multiple home runs in a game. It's like, that's not our Sandy. So that's the one disappointment, that he shut down for the rest of the season with six games left. Um, I kind of find comfort in that because it at least starts the rehabilitation process for him earlier, you know? Go ahead. This season's over for you. Get all that negative stuff out of your mind. Get yourself healthy. Start thinking about your off-season program and, and your workout regimen, the things. Go look at tape, what you need to improve on, what type of tips you, were you giving as a pitcher. Like Those are the things that he's going to have to get back into to get back to that Scion form. So um, concern is not the issue. I think I'm disappointed in what he brought to the season, and I'm looking forward to how he can better himself for next season because this team is amazing and it's going to be even better. Yeah, we are. And you said it, we got six games left in the regular season. We're right there. We're half game behind Philly, right? Yep. W what do we got, you know, to, to look forward to, you know, this time, this time next week, what are we talking about here on the show? When it well, comes by to the, the time that we'll be recording again, right. And we'll be doing it live in person. Hopefully the Marlins will have clinched the wild card spot. They got six games left. They're starting a series tonight. By the time you guys are hearing this against the New York Mets, definitely a revenge series for what they did to us down here in Miami. We got to go up there and take care of business, hopefully sweep them. Right. And then we finish off the season by heading to Pittsburgh. Um, both teams are eliminated from playoff contention, so they don't really have anything to play for except for being spoilers. And I'm sure that the Mets would love to end the Marlins season by killing them, killing their season by getting the, the series win. 
Uh, same thing with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're not necessarily the biggest Marlins fans. So if they can get a series on us and, and kill our hopes for the postseason, they'll be happy to do that. So we got to show our killer instinct, right? Uh, show that we have enough cojones to make the playoffs and and win these both series. I'm not saying we got to sweep both teams. Um, that would definitely lock in the wild card spot, right? But go out there and win both and give yourself a shot, right? Go into Sunday, end of the season, giving yourself a shot to, to make the wild card spot and make the playoffs, earn the wild card spot. We got to, man. We got to do we it. Got. I mean, I, the, you say, you say you're not saying we got to sweep and I understand where you're coming from, but man, it, be, it, would, it would be <laughs> nice, man. It would, to control your own destiny in the air and just win out, you know? Yeah. It's doable. There's, it's, you know, it's partly it's doable. doable. 100% um, so I, I really hope so, man. I hope this time next week we're we're talking about the playoff picture, you know, and yeah, the Marlins being a, a part of that. I got a good feeling about it. I got a good feeling about it, right? If, if anything, this calendar year has shown us is that South Florida sports team find a way to make the playoffs. Like another, um, another successful South Florida sports weekend. Absolutely. 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 So we had the and, Dolphins with the big victory. We had okay. the Marlins with the big series victory. And now and we, we got Miami Hurricanes, Hurricanes with the big victory. Up in uh, Temple. And it wasn't like a big victory in the sense of the opponent that we were playing. We were just playing Temple, right? But we were playing on the road. The weather was crappy. Uh, a first uh, real road test for the for the Hurricanes. And they went out there, showed up, took care of business, acted like professionals, looked like professionals, and walked away with a 41-7 win without a hiccup. Um, just showing that they can play well on the road, right? And, and you can tell that they were about their business because they went down and scored – on their very first drive, um, another team that we've seen them really focus on the running game this year. Uh, nine out of the 13 plays on that drive, that first drive, were running plays. Just shows you how much Mario Cristobal is committed to giving Harry Parrish Jr. his opportunities as a playmaker, one of our probably the main playmaker when it comes to playmakers in that offense besides TVD. Opportunities to just go out there and touch the ball, get a, get a feel for the game, right? Especially when it's raining. You know you don't want to be throwing the ball too much. You want to be able to go out there and run the ball. And the Hurricanes did that, man. Uh, it's and just credit, impressive. Credit to Crystal Ball, dog. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he, he struggled last year, and it, it was a product of, I guess, Manny's team still and maybe the remnants of it or, or whatever. Sure. But, you know, one thing that happened last year was the regression of Tyler Van Dyke, and we saw how much he was getting hit. Bro, we, we, we're seeing a, a whole different O-line. There's a lot of parallels right now between the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Hurricanes, and that the O-lines are, are completely night and day different from last year to this year, you know? And that's what opens up the running room for the running backs, including Parrish. And then it also allows, you know, TVD to not have to stand there and get rocked every other play, bro. You know, Absolutely. he's able to sit comfortably in the pocket and just sling that thing. I mean, look, the Dolphins put up 726 yards against the Broncos. The Hurricanes put up 520, I'm, I'm sorry, 543 yards on the Temple Owls. Like, yeah, credit to Crystal Ball. You know, we're, we're sticking to the running game. We're sticking to 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 blame dominant South football. We had 323 yards on the ground that day. You know what I mean? Like, Parrish Jr. was a man on a mission. He had 16 carries for 139 of those yards with two touchdowns. The Canes look so much bigger, though, than those Temple Owls, man. They were just manhandling those kids. You need to have that on the offensive line. That's why we went and got that redshirt freshman. Um, his name escapes me. He has that Hawaiian last name, which is obviously hard for me to pronounce. Uh, I think it's uh, – you can look it up so I don't murder it, but it's something like Manjuai, something like that. But that kid is a giant. He's like 6'7", 300 pounds, 19, 18 years old. He's a baby. 
but he's a giant on that offensive line. And the size is what was desperately lacking down here in Miami. We always had like these small, agile, you know, quick offensive linemen, but it doesn't work when you're trying to run the ball. And now you can tell the difference. We have big dudes up front who can push guys back and Parrish and Fletcher Jr. and those guys back there in the backfield. They're taking advantage of it. Um, the Hurricanes are definitely an offensive juggernaut at this point. Uh, they're currently boasting the seventh best scoring offense in the nation, along with the eighth best total offense. I think we're top 12 in rushing and passing. Uh, just a, a very good offensive team. And if you think that we're all offense, not the case. This defense is really playing well. They're coming up with turnovers. Uh, there was one player who had multiple interceptions in this past game against a Temple. Like, they're firing on all cylinders, and it's because they are playing with that confidence of saying, this is the, the scheme that we like to play in. We feel comfortable with our coach. Let's go out there and show what we can do. And to do it without one of their best, if not their best player on defense in Cam Kitchens, who suffered right. an injury late in the, the, the previous game. You know, we thought we were like, you know, what what's going to what's going to be missing? Who's going to let up? And instead, everybody just locked down. You know, I'm telling you, it was it was men playing against boys in this game. And, and that was what was expected. Hurricanes covered the spread. They looked fantastic all the way through offense, defense, special teams. Uh, dude, Restrepo's a beast. I got to tell you right now that TVD Love Restrepo that combo is real, real nice. Love and TVD, guy. bro, he if he continues to play the way that he's playing right now, I mean, you're talking Heisman candidate and you're talking first round in the NFL next year. Absolutely. We talked about his stock, right, and how it continues to rise. You know, like this dude has multiple 300 yards throwing games. Like those are things that NFL scouts definitely pay attention to. Uh, as long as we keep winning and the offense cup – keeps up putting numbers, yeah, a lot of dudes on this team are going to get the right type of attention. And Tyler Van Dyke is going to be one of those guys who benefit the most uh, because we've always seen it. Like, that was one of the things that he, he definitely was attributed. Uh, he had an NFL-ready arm, a guy who can who has the size and the stature to play a uh, quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, man, his stock is going to be rising as the Kane stock continue to rise. Uh, and it's rising, it's, dog. And it's rising so inside the top to 20. Yep. Up to 18, man. Like, that's impressive as hell for, for the Hurricanes, dog. Essentially, year two into the Cristobal project, right? Like, you would have thought it would have taken, like, two, three years to really get rolling and get this team on some type of uh, confidence level that they can feel comfortable at. But, man, everybody seems to be brought, bought in, and, and Cristobal is just taking over South Florida and the Hurricanes. The only thing the Hurricanes need right now, I mean, there's a couple things they need, but, a couple things. you know, First and foremost, they need to keep playing the way they're playing. Yes, they need sir. to keep balling. They need to keep putting up points, and they need to keep winning in dominant fashion. That's number yes, one. Sir. The second thing the Hurricanes kind of need, unfortunately, is they kind of need the Seminoles to keep doing what they're doing. Right. Let's face well, it. Seminoles are number five right now in the country. You, you, It only helps knowing that you face them later this year in Tallahassee. It only helps if their stock is also rising, so that that way you can go ahead and just tear them down and then climb all those spots in the top, you know, in the top ranking. So, you know, th this is a good start. They've had a couple of cookie cutter, you know, easy little games, with the exception of the AM game. I think that was their toughest challenge, and they still had a great showing. Um, now it starts to get a little bit tighter, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. ACC play starts, man. And uh, we're off this weekend. We don't play again until October 7th at home where we're taking on Georgia Tech. But that's a tough team to play against. You know, After that's a, a tough bye team week. To 
after a bye week? You know, like how how focused, how much drive are you guys going to have in order to come out there and, and protect the house? Uh, Georgia Tech, they know that the Hurricanes are ranked 18th and probably will move up depending on who loses this weekend without the Hurricanes playing. So they're going to be coming in here looking to knock us off, right, and saying, well, forget these boys, right? Like, let's, let's show them what real football is all about. Um, we have how to you, be ready for the challenge. Go ahead. How do you feel about the bye week being so early? I don't mind it. I don't mind it because I, I, I think what Cristobal is going to use this time for is to turn down the hype. Like, yeah, we're ranked 18th. Yeah, we're 4-0. Yeah, we're putting up these numbers offensively. But it's not going to mean shit unless we could go out there and dominate and play the same way in the ACC, right? Because, like, as much as Clemson has taken a step back, when we face them in two in three weeks, right, or, yeah, in three weeks, we're going to have to be playing our best type of football because they just went toe-to-toe with the same FSU team that we're going to face down the road. So ACC opponents know each other way too well for anybody to be, quote-unquote, laying down and just taking a loss. That's not going to happen. That's why I think that Georgia Tech game is so important. We're coming out that bye week. We have to show that ability to maintain the focus, maintain our composure, maintain our energy up, and go out there and beat them handily. Not necessarily blow them out because we know that they're they're offensively gifted, but we got to go out there and beat them handily and, and, and give our, ourselves a real shot to making this season count for something. More than we have before. Yeah. No, it might come as a good little reset right now, yeah. you know, because of the fact that they are falling on. Kind of, I like that that thought process that, you know, it, it's time for Crystal Ball to kind of reel everybody in and go, all right, that was the preseason, guys. Yeah. You know, you did great. Great job. We know where we stand. We know where we need to improve. We know what we can do well so far. Now he comes the regular season. For sure. For sure. And, and again, that Georgia Tech game is going to be big October 7th. Uh, following that up against Clemson, uh, I'm, I'm going to be at that game. That's here in Miami, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's a that's a big deal for us, too, because Death Valley is not an easy place to play up in Clemson. Oh. And oh. that that Clemson FSU game came down to a missed field goal on Clemson's part, really. And so Clemson it, had that game. So, again, think about how focused Clemson is going to come into that game if we move up in the rankings this week without playing, go out there and take care of business against Georgia Tech, and then possibly continue to move up. Like, Clemson's going to be looking to knock us off, man, and we yeah. got to be ready for that. we got to be ready 100%. for that ACC challenge, man. 100%. Um, but who else? I mean, besides Clemson and FSU, I mean, who else in the ACC do you think is a is a formidable opponent right now for the North Kings? Carolina? Because North Carolina has that quarterback who who I forget his name. I'm, I suck with names, dog. But oh, uh, their, their quarterback, the, uh, the, we, the 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 offensive lineman, by the way, is Francis and Maui Goa. That's the guy you see. I knew yeah, it ended with a, a goal or something like that. Um, the quarterback from North Carolina. That's another NFL ready quarterback. He's probably going to be one of the first guys like Tyler Van Dyke uh, that gets Break called. Me. Break me. Yeah, that that dude has been killing it. He's a real legit quarterback. And anytime you have a really good quarterback, guess what? You have a shot to win the football game because he's going to put the ball in places where the defenders can't get it. So North Carolina always plays the Canes pretty tough, too. Always, 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 always. So that's why I said, like, this this Georgia Tech game is going to be how how much can we focus for the ACC? Are we going to come into the ACC with the right mindset, the right mind frame? And, to, and really look to put teams on notice that, hey, the Hurricanes are on their way back, and we're going to show it to you week in, week out. Let's see. I, I, I think that besides getting that win, you know, just a mere victory, I think it has to be impressive too, bro. For people to, for the, for the country to really look down at the bottom of the map and go, oh, shit, the U is back. 
I think they got to keep winning by two, three, two, three scores every game against against, against opponents where they should be doing it. You go into Florida State and you win by a point or a field goal, right. different story. Right. But you go into you know Georgia Tech and you win you know forty to seventeen, you know forty to you know ten, you know you're you're gonna get a lot more respect than a twenty four to twenty one you know uh you know duel. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think if they can average about seventeen points differential as far as margin of victories. That, that'll be really impressive against Georgia Tech, uh, North Carolina, and Clemson. So And that'll get them the votes up in the ranking, dog, you know? They got yeah. to do it, you know, impressive fashion. So shout out, shout out to the Hurricanes, man. They're, they're looking good. My UCF Knights did suffer a loss this week in their first Big 12 play. But y'all hung in there, though. Yeah, we hung it. We we got a backup quarterback, dog. Honestly, if we had uh, Plumlee in there, our starting quarterback, I think it would have been a whole different ball game because we were a little competitive. We do got speed, we do got pieces, but you know our backup QB just couldn't get it done. So I mean, look, with a backup quarterback, you lose forty-four to thirty-one. Got to be happy with that, man. Gotta I mean, happy. you're not happy with it now, but with a loss. Know. But hey, with a backup quarterback, <laughs> yeah, it on. is what it is. It is, it is what it is. But it bro, is, Florida, Florida football's on fire. You got three Florida teams in the top twenty-five. Yeah. FSU's at five, Hurricanes at 18, and I think Florida's at 22. Yep. So Florida's yep. really holding it down right now for, for college football. Except for FIU. They got smoked by Liberty 38 to six. Yeah, uh, I saw that. They're currently only two in the CUSA conference. Um, I don't know what's going on there, man. They had, had that little three-game win streak, but they got to try to find a way to win games. You know what I mean? I know they have enough talent to do so. It was so bad. It was we'll bad. Keep yeah. an eye on those guys. They we'll did not cover. Guys. They did not cover. They did not cover the spread. Um, <laughs> you know who else didn't cover the spread? In Miami CF, the Herons. Now, now they got a name, the Herons. The Herons oh, really? Herons. We are? Yeah, it's official now, I guess. Like, we don't have to call it in Miami CF, but I'm just going to go into Miami. The Herons. Um, yeah, the Herons. They, but they couldn't get, you know, they, they had that big game against Orlando this past Sunday, and you and I spoke about how they really needed to win that game to, to, solidify their spot, really jump ahead a bunch of teams and get closer to their to their goal of making the wild card playoff spot. Uh, but they couldn't walk away with the three points. They got up ahead early. We scored one zip. And then about 13, 15 minutes later, they gave up the equalizer. Uh, but we walk away with a point. Game ends in a 1-1 draw. Um, Leo Messi did not play this game. He sat out the game because uh, he's dealing with some scar tissue issues. Uh, so Which they sat him out. Well, he suffered, I think he suffered, I don't know, like if he suffered the injury or he made it worse or whatever it was yeah, in the, the prior game. game. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, the mm-hmm. game that we did win without Messi. Correct. Won that 4-0. Four, four yeah, won that 4-0. And then um, he left early, so they sat him out this next game. We didn't have Alba, Jordi Alba play, Sergio Busquets missed the game. Um, and they kind of wanted to rest these guys because on Wednesday we're playing in a final, which we'll we'll touch on later, but... You know, it was it, it's still kind of upsetting because, like, anytime you have a lead, you you kind of feel like you have to win that game in soccer, right? Because it's it's so much easier to defend and keep pushing forward and try to score another goal rather than sit back and and, and kind of absorb the shots. And that's kind of what happened against Orlando. They outshot us. They had more shots on target, uh, on goal. So it, it was a wasted opportunity, but we did walk away with a point, and we're still in, in good shape. Um, it could have been a whole lot worse, though, right? I mean, we could have. I mean, we played in Orlando, you know, and we could have right. lost that game. We could have got our asses handed to us, and to walk away with a point at least is kind of like the silver lining. Especially when you're playing without your three major Man, guys, keys, yeah. right? Like, it, it's it's okay to walk away with a point. 
And like I said, we're, we're still in 14 point, uh, 14th place, excuse me, uh, but we're only five points away from the wild card spot. So, so as we know, or as Joel learned last episode, you get three points for a win. Um, uh, Inter Miami at CF still has two games in hand, so we have opportunities to catch up to these teams. Um, we have an opportunity to catch New York Club FC. I don't know why they're called that. I think it's New York City FC, excuse me. Uh, a team we can hop over with a win, and we also have another matchup against, uh, I think it's DC United, another team that's kind of in the dumps, teams that we can beat and jump ahead. So let's see. Let's see if the, the Herons can make it interesting and get themselves into the playoff spot with the Marlins. That'll be dope, right? Like if over the weekend these teams jump up and get closer and the Marlins make the playoffs, wow. I mean, by next time we record, we're, we're going to know. You know, we're going to have yeah. our answers, I would think. But um, the question is, so is Messi playing in this championship on Wednesday? Yes, sir. So the U.S. Open Cup final takes place Wednesday. We're playing against the Houston Dynamo. And the coach confirmed that Messi, Alba, and Busquets all will be available for this game. So there's a good chance that Inter-Miami wins their second trophy in about, what, two months? Which is wild after not winning anything um, or not really winning games, period. So... Yeah, things Being are turning up for in this Miami <laughs> team, man. Yeah, bro. I mean, we're I'm still just... kind of second to dead last, but we're moving on up. Which is wild to me. Like we're still alive, but we're so we're still down there in the rankings. Right. I just uh I, I mean it would be dope to to see this team make it to the playoffs. I mean, they just get into the playoffs, forget about it. They're going, they're taking it all. Hey, go out there and win the cha- another trophy on Wednesday. Give yourself some momentum heading into the weekend into the MLS, man. Let's go. Cool. Let's get this championship cup. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, we got some honorable mentions. We got uh, for our boxing fans, Canelo versus Jermel Charlo for Canelo Supermate Super Middleweight Undisputed Championship Belts. Uh, you know me, I love a good boxing match, and I'm going to break this one down with our guy, Victor Bermudez, later on this week. Uh, we're going to post that on the Sports with Social YouTube channel. That's another cue for you guys to go subscribe right now. Um, Joel, what do you think about that matchup? I know you're not too much into the boxing scene, but Jamar Charlo is a dude who can really present some type of problems for Canelo, or do you think Canelo walks away with another victory? I, I was already putting my money on Canelo. He's just, Smart you know, man. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know shit about Dick when it comes to boxing, though, but it's Canelo. I mean, right. we're talking about one of the greatest of all time, bro. Yeah. You know, this guy This guy is a is a champion, bro, and, and I don't know about... Charlo, you know, I could be talking a lot of shit because I don't know his opponent. So, you know, no, no disrespect to that guy, but I just know the greatness that is Canelo. And, the smart you know, money is always on Canelo, man. For yeah. sure. This is yeah. a dude that's chasing legacy, right? And that's something that we've talked about when it comes to combat sports, right? Uh, when, when you're fighting somebody who's chasing legacy, that's usually a tougher mountain to climb. You know what I mean? There ain't no regular hill. So we'll see if Charlo's up to the task. Uh, but we're going to be breaking down that fight and we're going to be watching on Saturday night so you guys can follow along too. And then, of course, this Friday, one of the biggest golf tournaments is happening in the world, bro. The Ryder Cup, USA versus Europe. It's going down, dog. It's Let's going go. Down. It's USA, going down. USA, USA. Oh, okay. I, so I, I know who you're rooting for. Got it. <laughs> of course, dog. Um... Oh, man, these colors don't run. <laughs> Nah, man, Ryder Cup weekend is finally here. I mean, this this only happens every two years. We don't get this event every year. It's yeah. one of the few team events in golf. It's one of the most electrifying, exciting, and, you know, entertaining golf events that happens ever. Um, USA versus the Euro, uh, the Euro team. Um, USA has not won in Europe yeah. since 1992 or something like that, 91. 
it's been over 30 years since we've won and we're playing again in Europe this year uh, in Italy. Um, but so, let me tell you, they, they, they're smart about how they go about it because I was watching something over the weekend how, you know, they kind of alter the courses that they're going to be playing the Ryder oh, yeah. Cup at to be in the favor of the European players. Oh, USA 100%. guys got a lot of long drivers. Let's put a bunch of OBs and traps and stuff like that. Tall grass. Let's move everything back about 20 yards. Oh, kinda, yeah. Kind of a smart move there by the Europeans. 100%. They always do that. And it's a smart play for them because the Euros play. know how to play in those conditions. They thrive in those conditions. Um, this is not going to be any different at the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Rome where this event is being held and, and taking yeah. place. Um, let's go through, you know, a couple of the, the guys on the team. Who made the teams? All right. So, you know, do you want to go Euro team first or you want to go team USA first? Come on, Papu. USA all the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there was a little bit of controversy on the team USA. Uh, but our final rosters is we got Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka. Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and the controversial pick, Justin Thomas. Ooh. And I say controversial because of the fact that a lot of people didn't think that Justin Thomas had the year that would warrant a, a Ryder Cup selection. I would um, know that because I picked him like seven times. He didn't you know do too great. I mean? You know, his last best thing that he did was a, P, was a major championship, which was in 2022, I believe. He won the PGA Correct. Championship. Um but it's Justin Thomas we're talking about. You know, we've seen him paired up with with Tiger Woods in the President's Cup. We've seen him paired up with Ricky Fowler and with his boy um, Jordan Spieth. You know, and 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 how they can ham and egg and put things together in this kind of format. You know, right. and also it's it's the good old boys club, bro. I mean, they they're all homies. They're all friends. They're gonna pick who they want to vibe out with when they're not playing to keep that energy and vibe the same. Yeah. I'm all right with it. You know, I, I think that, you know, the the person that I, I'm, I'm thinking is missing here the most is another live guy. You know, the the only live guy on this team is Brooks Kepka, yeah. um, who won his fifth major trophy this year. Um, and then that's that's really what got him that that, you know, start. But a guy like Dustin Johnson, who is lights out in Ryder Cup formats. Didn't get the nod, you know, didn't have the best season. We didn't get to see a lot of him, you know, play this year because of live and all that stuff. But that's a guy that I, I think the USA is going to miss in, in in the Ryder Cup. What do you I think? I mean, so? no disrespect to Wyndham Clark, no disrespect to Bernsey, but I'd rather have just Dustin Johnson than those two guys on the squad. You know what I mean? And if we, and if we talk about the type of years that these golfers had, right, like Justin Thomas does not validate being on the squad, like his performances didn't warrant him earning a spot. You know what I mean? Cause like he was just so off the path, you know what I mean? When it came to like the rest of the guys who were playing and I, and, and basically I think it's kind of fucked up that we didn't have more live guys on there because there were some live guys who were playing really well and probably deserved spots on there. Right. Uh, maybe the formats is different and like the point system aren't the same and shit as far as like winning tournaments, but playing golf you know this better than I do. It's a, it's a game of, you know, being repetitive, being in a good mood, being in a good rhythm. Some of those guys don't necessarily have that heading into the Ryder Cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, another guy that got snubbed was Bryson. You know, we didn't see Bryson, another live guy, you know, who would, who would I think, do very, very well in this format. You know, he's all about America. He gets fired up. He's a competitor. He can hit the ball far as shit. You know, that's another guy that we're going to be missing here. So, 
I, I just think that our, our main guys need to step up. You know, who, who are the main guys? Scotty. Scotty needs to step up. Colin needs to step up. Brooks needs to step up. You know, we, we need big wins out of those guys, um, you know, in their respective matches because the Euros got some firepower, bro. Um, who they got into, on the squad? Let me get into that squad a little bit. So, Euros are led off by um, the golden boy, Rory McElroy, followed by um, – was he this year's Masters winner? Yeah, he was. God, it was so long ago. The current Masters winner and Correct. owner of the green jacket, John Rahm. Yes. Um, you got Robert McIntyre, who might not be a household name. Um, Victor Hovland, who is mm. on fire right now, fire right FedEx now, Cup champion. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, who is a wiry and fiery fella, but he's a he's a monster, bro. You can't mess with that guy. Matt Fitzpatrick, um, Tommy Fleetwood, Sepp Straka. Um, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, the last two, you know, might not be household names of Nikolai Hogard and Ludwig Aberg, but I mean, the, the rest of the guys that I named I mean, are killers, bro. There. You talk about that, that, that top four for these guys with McElroy, Rom, Hovland, and shit. You can throw in anyone you want into that four spot, Hatton, Fleet, except Straka, bro. Like, they're all, they're all beasts, and these guys know how to play these types of courses, they're all catered yeah. to this kind of format. So, I'm a little concerned for the USA team. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, right, like those first two matchups, they'll cancel each other out because it's world best versus world best, right? Okay, cool. But then you talk about that third matchup, Victor Hovland is going to have the edge on anybody he faces, dog. He's playing some good golf. He's playing really good golf. And imagine that guy's confidence level right now, coming off big victories, FedEx Cup, like – just that good rhythm, like I mentioned earlier, that he's in, that he knows these guys that he's facing are not. Yeah, yeah, Hovland, Hovland is scary, bro. That uh, the, on fire. the other scary part is um, how late we have to stay up to watch the Ryder Cup, unfortunately, <laughs> because it is in Italy right now. Um, I know it's eight, so it's eight o'clock right now, about to be eight o'clock on the East Coast here this Monday night. It's two a.m. over there, so so mm. what is that? Uh, Five, no, Six. seven hour, seven hour difference. Seven hours, yeah. Shit. So, slight work, slight work, dog. So, when it's nine. 8 a.m. for it's 1 a.m. for us, dog, we're gonna have to be either be up real early or wake up real early to catch some of these matches this week. Well, good thing that I know you're gonna be doing it, so I'll be texting <laughs> you, all right? Because I'm definitely gonna be watching, dog. You, like you said, man, we don't get to see this every that often, bro. And uh, this year, it, the matchups are gonna be badass, man. They're gonna be badass, so make sure you guys are tuned in. You love golf, getting into golf. This is a great, great tournament to watch, man. It's you get to see last, it on both sides. Last major golf event of the year, and it's probably the most exciting one to, to, Absolutely, to, to happen but this year. So. Yo, it's 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 time, dog. We gotta go watch Monday Night Football. Like, you know, yeah, I think yeah. I think it's it's time. It's like a wall. Yeah, it's, like let's a tell, wall. it's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. <laughs> to tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this amazing podcast that we're bringing you guys week in and week out, whether it's in person, through video stream, whatever. We're bringing you the stats, we're bringing you the noise, and we're bringing you the fun. Until next time, peace. Peace.